Welcome to Fusion Church's Sermon of the Week. Fusion Church is located in Wakanda, Illinois. We exist to complete and multiply people who passionately follow Christ. For more information, visit www.fusionchurch.com. Let's dive into this week's sermon. And if we could do a, do a big favor and give Krista a huge shout out for the ways she has been blessing our kids. I mean, it's just been awesome. Thank you, Krista, so much for all your hard work over the last few months. It's just been awesome. Uh, I know our family has been blessed. I'm sure that you have too. So, uh, man, it, and also, I just want to thank right now those people who have been showing up and helping us with this with this setup every week. So Allie has been doing a great job with their hospitality team. So thank you, Allie. We've had some different people helping out with media and with their hospitality and then our worship. It's just been, it's just been good. You guys have no idea uh, how, how challenging some of this kind of stuff is for people who have full-time day jobs or full-time moms and dads or whatever to have to think outside the box and rearrange this stuff. And so I'm just so appreciative and so thankful for the church family that we have and the way that we've adapted to this. And, and, and I'm thankful for you as a church family for the ways that you have stayed engaged over the last few months. I know it's been challenging. Like, I know it's been hard. I, I know there are moments where you get the Zoom fatigue and I don't want to do this anymore and all of that. But man, it's just so good when we stay in the uncomfortable, when we stay in that discomfort. God so often has things for us. And I've heard so many good stories from you, from people who are saying, you know what? It's not my favorite thing, but I'm staying in it right now. And it's just been cool to see how God has been meeting you. So, so the truth is none of us know what the future holds. So we don't know how long we're going to worship outside like this or when we're going to go inside. We just don't have any idea. Like the, the, all of this going on in the world has made us realize how little control we actually have of our lives. You have, you, I'm sure that you are very clearly aware of that right now, right? We make plans. How many of you have had plans that happened over the last five or six months that you planned for a long time that got canceled? Anyone? Yep. And, and how many of you made plans thinking, oh, we just got a couple, a, couple more, a couple more weeks or a couple more months of this, and then it will be over. And so you made other plans only to have those plans get canceled. Uh-huh. I see lots of hands there, too. Well, the truth is, the reality is that we never had a guarantee of what tomorrow holds. So we have to live every day in the awareness of God's sovereignty, that he is in control. We live every day and surrender to him. And so, uh, so this is just highlighted for that, us in this, in this moment in time. And that's a really good thing for us, as difficult as all the things are. So that's not my message. That was just like a warm-up. You guys, that's a, that was just a pre. That was free. So no one has to pay for that one. I don't know why pastors say that. No one actually pays for sermons. So I don't know why pastors say that. But it's a thing we say. So you can throw stuff at me if I do that again. Um, all right, so here's what we're going to do for the next couple minutes. We're going to look at the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes. And we've been looking at that for the last couple weeks. And we, the reason why is because we're in a setting very similar to Jesus and his disciples when he was preaching the Sermon on the Mount. So they're outside up on a high hill. You can't really tell right now because it's blocked by trees, but we're actually up on a hill. And if there weren't so many trees, you could actually see into the city of Wakanda. That, that is exactly what the kind of the view would have been for the first disciples of Jesus. Again, 
outside together as families. They weren't like siloed. The kids weren't having kids church somewhere while Jesus was talking. Like everybody was having church together. And they also were in this time where they were very disoriented. Uh, they really didn't know. The people who were gathered around Jesus didn't know what the future held for them. And so they were hanging on the words that Jesus had to say because they were hoping that he was going to fulfill all of the promises of God from the, from the Hebrew scriptures from the Old Testament. So they're there hanging on hope, hanging. Is this person going to be the person that's going to change everything? And so in that context, here's what Jesus says. Listen to these words. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peace, peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil things about you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. In the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you, they will do now to you. And it goes on from there. But if you were hanging on those words of Jesus, waiting for a little bit of hope, you might have been a little bit disappointed. We talked about this last week. Jesus is setting out who are the most important people in the kingdom of God. And then Jesus begins to list off a bunch of character traits that don't sound like the most favorable. He starts out with, blessed are the poor in spirit. And we said last week, those are those people who are at the end of their rope, who are so desperate that God is their only hope. He's saying, blessed are those people. And remember, we said that blessed doesn't necessarily mean um, that they're walking in this feeling of blessing, but they are in the most favored position. Maybe they can't see it. Maybe they can't understand it. But if you were looking at them from the outside in, actually through kingdom eyes, you would see that those people are in the most favored position. And we said it's kind of like when we think about and say, oh, man, that just person, they have it all together. Or, that person is so lucky or that God's smiling them or however we might say they're in this favored position. So Jesus is saying these people who I'm talking about are in this most favored position. And so here Jesus says... For the second one that we're looking at today, blessed are those who mourn, for those they will be comforted. Now on the surface, if I said someone is in mourning, you probably, your first thought isn't that they are being blessed, right? All right? When you think mourning, you think, man, somebody's really having a difficult time. They're really in a challenging time. So, so what Jesus is not saying is that people who are sad and grieving, that's what mourning is all about, people who are grieving a loss, people who have deep sorrow about something, that they should feel happy. If, if you're mourning something, you're usually sad about something. And so Jesus isn't saying, you should be happy that you're so sad. That's not exactly what he means. It seems like that's what it could say, but that's not exactly what he's getting at. So to, to be in mourning is in that place of sadness. It's that place where we're, we're grieving something that we love that we've lost or has been taken away. That's what mourning is all about. That's something that we love has been lost or has been taken away. Now, on the surface, this could mean mourning anything that's been lost, anything that we're sad about. So right now, you all raised your hands and said, yeah, I had to cancel these plans. 
many of you would have think, think about that and say, I'm mourning what I've lost. I'm mourning what I thought. I'm mourning that I didn't get to have that vacation I thought I would have. I'm mourning that I didn't get to have the quiet time at home that I was expecting. I'm mourning or I'm sad about that I didn't get the raise that I thought I would have or that work hasn't looked like how or, or that I don't get to worship or be with people. I'm mourning or I'm sad or I'm grieving about that. And on the surface, that is 100% what Jesus is saying, that look, when you're mourning, and we're going to reframe this in a second, you need to think of yourself as in a favored position. So, so on the surface, that's what it is. But there's actually a deeper level of mourning that Jesus is talking about here. The mourning that Jesus is talking about is not just that my plans got disrupted or that something bad happened to me. It's a mourning that the world isn't the way it's supposed to be. It's a mourning and a grieving that says, look, everything around me is hurting Everything around me isn't as it's supposed to be, and so I'm mourning that. I'm grieving that. I know that there's more to come than what I'm experiencing right now. And you know what? Maybe for the first time, many of us can identify with that bigger sense of mourning. When we think about the loss of life, when we think about the sickness that people have gone through, when we think about the loss of jobs, when we think about the people who are feeling that they're being oppressed, when we think about people's properties being destroyed, when we think about all these things, we can look at society and say, man, there are a lot of people mourning and grieving. And actually, it's very biblical to mourn with those who mourn. So here's the reality. If you're actually unmoved by what's going on in the world, it's actually time for a little heart checkup. You should be mourning and grieving because we know that God has more for our earth than what we're currently experiencing. Hold on. I said God has more for our earth than what we're currently experiencing. Are the people around you experiencing all that God has for them? Yes or no? No. Are the people across the globe experiencing all that God has for them? No. So until that day comes, we, we weep with those who weep and we mourn with those who mourn. That's what we're called to do as image bearers of God is grieve with other people who are grieving and mourning. That's what our calling is as people of God. But in that is also a promise. In this is a promise, not just that we weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn, but Jesus says, look, you're blessed because if you are mourning, you have a promise of comfort. There's a promise of comfort. And actually, this picks up from the Old Testament, Isaiah 61. It's a scripture we quote all the time where the good news is preached to the poor. And it, it rounds out at the end. It says that Jesus will provide for those who grieve in Zion. And he'll bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of a crown of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They'll be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So when Jesus is talking about this morning and the comfort that's going to come, he, all of his hearers would be going, oh yeah, I remember there's a promise coming for those who mourn. There's a promise that the sadness and the heaviness that I feel will one day be lifted off completely. And so Jesus says, look right now, if you're feeling that heaviness, I want you to know that that time is coming where your mourning is about to be lifted. 
And so if you're feeling the pain of the world in this moment, here's what I want you to do. I actually want you to start rejoicing because your time of deliverance, your time of comfort, your time of joy is about to come. And when Jesus is saying this, he's talking about himself as the King of kings and the Lord of lords stepping into humanity and about to take on himself the worst that the world can take on him. And here's the amazing thing about Jesus. Jesus lives in the reality that it's going to be a hard life for him. Can you think about 33 years of awareness that you're going to go to your death? As you get closer to your death, you know that your friends will betray you. You know that your friends will turn your back on you. I think that Jesus, and actually the scriptures tell us that he was a man acquainted with sorrows. So he knew what it was to mourn, but yet it's for the joy that's set before him that he's able to go through that process because he knows it will bring healing and deliverance to you and I. Every single person, every kid, every grown-up from oldest to youngest, his deliverance comes through his sacrifice for us. So mourning puts us in this favored position, not because it's better to be sad. Look, I was like really into emo music when I, was a, when I was like a teenager and in college. If you don't know what emo music is, think about the saddest music you can think of. That's emo music. So it's not saying because you listen to emo music, you're better off than everybody else. It's saying when you understand the pain of what this world is going through, you will understand the deliverance that I'm about to bring to it. When you understand the pain that the world's going through, you'll understand the deliverance that you're going to go, that I'm going to bring to it. So it's the joy that we're promised, the comfort that God is promising us. In that place, we actually find ourselves blessed. In that place, we find ourselves in a favored position because we get to rejoice in mourning. You get to rejoice in mourning. The way the Apostle Paul says it, is sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. 2 Corinthians 6.10, I'm sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. How do those two realities go together? I don't know. <laughs> I just know it's possible. I know it's possible for Jesus to live a full and complete life, yet also go through all the hard things that he went through, yet go to the cross for our sake and do so with joy. I know it's possible. I know it's possible for the Apostle Paul to endure the hardships he has, literally writing letters to us that we read while he's in prison with his back beaten and all bruised up. He's able to write about joy. The word joy appears in the book of Philippians more times than almost the rest of the New Testament put together. And that is when the Apostle Paul is beaten up and put in prison. There is something for us in this, guys. That in our mourning, we can experience joy because of the comfort that's promised to us. So here's what I would say. We need to learn how to mourn. We need to learn how to grieve. But we need to make sure that that does not become our identity. Our identity is in the promise of the comfort to come. Let me say it again. Our identity is in the promise of the comfort to come. So we grieve and we mourn, but we do so in hope, knowing that there will be deliverance, knowing that we will experience joy, knowing that God will overcome our current circumstances and bring healing and hope. And if we're not doing that, then what are we doing this for? Right? We're the hope of heaven. We're the light of the world. We're the city on the hill. That's what Jesus says about you, not about himself. He has put his hope inside your heart to share with a world that needs hope, and a world needs hope more than ever. A world doesn't necessarily need your political opinions. It needs Jesus. 
It needs you boldly proclaiming the good news of the gospel that Jesus is the king and that he brings deliverance to every situation, every hurt, every pain. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter. And he's looking for a people who will say, yeah, we're going to grieve, we're going to mourn, we're going to be right there with you in the pain, but we're also going to be rejoicing because we know what's for you on the other side. You know how you can walk into hope, into a hospital room full of sadness and sorrow and bring hope because you know what's on the other side of it for people. When you know what's on the other side of it for people, you're able to live with incredible hope. And we're called to be a people of hope. So here's what I want us to do. These guys are going to play just a little bit more. And I want us to give a little, I want to give a little space to us to be able to mourn some things. To be able to name and grieve the things that we either see personally or that we see going on in the world that we feel grief over, that we feel like we're mourning. And if you don't know how to do that, all you have to say is something like this. God, I'm really sad about this. I'm really disappointed about this. I'm really frustrated about this. I know it's not the way it's supposed to be. God, I'm, I'm, I'm grieving this. I know it's not supposed to be the way it's supposed to be. That's all. Sometimes grieving and mourning just looks like crying. It just like, has anyone just had a cry session and you don't know why? That's a lot of times that's mourning, that's grief. You don't know why, it just comes out of nowhere and you just find yourself just move like, oh gosh, I just pour it out right now. And maybe that'll happen here, maybe that won't. But you've got to get in touch with that grief and that mourning before you can really understand the comfort. The people who know grief also know comfort. So I want to give you some space right now. So if you're with someone and you want to share, then go ahead and share right now. If you want to just reflect on your own, just reflect on your own. But go ahead and let's take right now, just name, what are you grieving? What are you mourning? What are you feeling sorrow for right now? Go, right now. I'm grieved over the people with no food, God. I'm grieved for those kids who are going to go back to school without the resources that I have, God. I'm grieved and I mourn, God, that your church isn't more ready to face the challenges at hand, God, that we've been lived too much in comfort, too much in security, that we're not ready to lay down our lives for the sake of people around us, God. I'm grieved, Lord. I mourn these things before you, God. And I cry out for justice, God. I cry out, Lord, and I lament to cry out for justice, God. God, we cry out for mercy, Lord. We cry out for mercy, God. Lord, we lift up your name, God. You're our only hope. Come, Lord, bring the healing only you can provide, God. Bring the comfort that only you provide, Lord. Bring the healing only you provide, God. Only you. Only you, God. Lord, we repent of anything we've turned to comfort except for you, Lord. Any idols we have, God, that have taken the place that you were meant to have in our lives, Lord, we grieve, Lord, that, that the church has said yes to anything but Jesus, our King. We grieve it, Lord. We grieve it, Lord. Lord, we raise our voices to you, God, and we cry out knowing, God, that you bring joy. God, that you want to replace, Lord, the sadness that's in our hearts with songs of joy, with songs of freedom, Lord. You want to replace our lament with praise, Lord. So we lift our voices to you now. 
We lift our voices to you now, not, not, God, not, not waiting until you do it, Lord, but ahead of it, Lord, right here, right now, God, we raise our voices before you, Lord. We raise you, you're worthy, God. God, you've seen humanity through every plague in history, through every difficulty in history, and you're not gonna stop now. You've had your church and your people raise up to meet the challenges at hand, and you won't stop now, God, so we raise up a praise before you, Lord. You're worthy of praise, Lord. You're worthy of glory, Lord. You're worthy of honor, God. You're worthy of it, Lord. We lift up our hearts, cry before you, Lord Jesus. So that's what we're gonna do right now, guys. If you have a little bit more time that you feel like you need to sit in that grief and lament, go for it if you wanna sit with that. Otherwise, if you wanna stand, we're gonna sing a song. We're gonna praise God in the midst of our mourning, in the midst of our grief. We're gonna say, we are those who are blessed who will be comforted. So right now, go ahead and stand if you're ready to stand and let's praise God together. We hope that you were encouraged by this week's sermon. For more information, visit us at our website, www.fusionchurch.com, or you could find us on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great week.